0: Exxon Mobil has agreed to pay more than $300 million to resolve air pollution violations tied to eight chemical plants in Texas and Louisiana, one of two environmental settlements with oil companies announced by the Trump administration on Tuesday. The cases are among the most notable environmental enforcement actions by the Trump administration, with at least one target that hits close to home. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson, of course, was chief executive officer at Exxon until late last year. Joining us is Pat Parento, a professor of environmental law at Vermont Law School. Pat, Scott Pruitt, the head of the EPA, is leading the efforts to roll back Obama-era environmental regulations, including the first limits on carbon dioxide emissions from power plants. So does this settlement surprise you?
1: No, it doesn't surprise me. I'm I'm glad to see Uh, that EPA and the Justice Department have reached an agreement with Exxon to correct the violations at these facilities. But it has to be noted that these are cases that have been in the works for quite a long time. Um, So as much as anything, it's the work of the Obama administration that produced this result. I I think Pruitt and company deserve credit uh, for continuing with those kinds of enforcement cases. Hope we see some more. But I I don't think I'd overstate yet... uh, uh, the commitment to environmental enforcement until we see a little more.
2: Well, Pat, what what is it that Exxon did wrong here that they're now settling?
1: Well, they, like other uh, companies that run these refineries, uh, flare off a lot of the gas, the excess gas, and that includes volatile organic compounds, some of which are quite toxic. And, of course, uh, in Texas, uh, where these refineries are concentrated, uh, there's some pretty severe health consequences to local Communities, many of which are low-income communities that are suffering from, from the pollution from these facilities. So it's a flaring problem, and the controls that uh, Exxon has now committed to spend uh, upwards of $300 million on are, are designed to actually capture these gases rather than flare them off. And, of course, some of the gases uh, include methane, which, which is actually valuable. So reducing some of the waste uh, by controlling the flaring actually makes some business sense as well.
0: Pat Pruitt is pursuing what he calls a back-to-basics agenda. He says he'll prioritize action on traditional pollutants. What does that mean exactly?
1: Well, this is an example of going after traditional pollutants. Volatile organic compounds are ubiquitous through many different industrial sectors. It's, I would say, one of the major uh, air quality problems that we have, along with ozone, fine particulates, and others. Uh, so there's a real long list of these kinds of conventional pollutants, and I, I hope uh, that Mr. Pruitt is, is sincere in going after them. And, of course, that takes resources. It takes staff. Uh, you can just imagine with eight facilities that the number of inspections, uh, monitoring, report gathering, analysis uh, that went into these cases, that takes people boots on the ground, if you will. Pruitt has put in a budget that would drastically reduce EPA's on-the-ground capabilities in the enforcement areas. So, uh, you know, once again, there's a bit of inconsistency here. On the one hand, we hear the administrator committing to strong enforcement, but on the other hand, we see him reducing the capability of the agency to actually do that.
2: Well, one other area that uh, I think is kind of interesting is if you've there, – there's obviously a push at EPA under under Mr. Pruitt to avoid taking action against uh, carbon, you know, in the atmosphere. And, and – things that, uh, you know, global warming type things. Um, Is there a way for him to steer the agency to only go after traditional pollutants without also uh, looking at carbon issues, or can they really be separated out that cleanly? No, they can't be
1: separated out either technically or legally because the Supreme Court has ruled that EPA has a mandatory obligation to regulate carbon from these facilities. their oil refineries in the cases that we're talking about, but many others, power plants, cement plants, and so forth. And un- unless uh, uh, EPA changes its endangerment finding, and uh, which is very unlikely and would certainly be challenged in court, Um, EPA really doesn't have the discretion not to regulate carbon from these facilities. And, of course, the Clean Power Plan was designed to shift away from a lot of the most polluting Uh, industry, uh, power plants, I should say, that would have the benefit of reducing a lot of the health effects of more conventional pollutants as well. So by not really regulating and shifting away from coal-fired power plants, uh, you're also allowing these other air quality problems to continue.
0: Pat, in about 45 seconds, but tell us about the second agreement uh, announced with Denver-based PDC Energy.
1: Well, that one uh, involves uh, a, a very modest fine of about $2 million or so. dollars. That's really kind of a token uh, penalty. That, that will not have a great deterrent effect. Um, and it, it, it's done in conjunction with the state of Colorado, so there's some cooperation involved with that, which is a good thing. Uh, but, but by itself, it's not a major enforcement action, I would say. It's not going to have a significant effect on the industry.
0: All right. Thanks so much, as always, Pat Parento, professor at Vermont Law School. Coming up on Bloomberg Law, an investigation by 45 states and D.C. into an alleged price-fixing conspiracy among makers of generic drugs now targeting executives at two of the drug makers.